Welcome to the Quality Christian Living Podcast. I am your host, David Friend. We're continuing our series dealing with the promises of God, and today's podcast is entitled Understanding the Promise of Heaven. It's one I'm sure that you'll enjoy and one that I believe will bless those people who know Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We're going to learn today what it takes to spend eternity in heaven. We're going to learn the conditions for being guaranteed heaven and find out how we can talk about heaven even to non-believers. Why do some believe that heaven or hell does not exist? Discover the greatest scriptures to explain heaven to anyone. And why do so many Christians avoid speaking about heaven or hell? We'll take all those topics on, but first we need to go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you once again for the opportunity we have to get into your word and to pray and to seek guidance from the Holy Spirit. And now I surrender to the Holy Spirit for his leading, guidance, and direction. I pray that those who are listening in today would be blessed that they will receive something very special today to get a better understanding of the promise of heaven. I believe the Holy Spirit is going to anoint this and help people get a better understanding and help them understand how to explain these things to those who are not people of faith. Thank you for the opportunity once again. I pray you'll bless it, anoint it, and I'll give you the praise for what's about to take place. For I ask these things now in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Over the last few months, I've had so many people talk to me about heaven and ask me to explain what I believe in heaven. We had a guest speaker at church address it recently. I've attended a few funerals for old friends, and the topic obviously came up there. Recently, I officiated at a service for an old friend. You know, it's interesting to see how people feel about heaven or hell. Most Christians speak very positively about heaven and understand that hell is a place they do not want to go. Jesus spoke often about it, and here's one of the scriptures I think that's very helpful in understanding the promise of heaven. In John chapter 14, verse 23, in the New Living Translation, Jesus said these words, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not true, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you will be also. I'd like to suggest that you keep that scripture handy when you're talking about people that don't understand if there's heaven or hell, and to show you that Jesus is prepared a place for us, but we've got to become Christians. We've got to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior before we are able to spend eternity in heaven with Jesus Christ. Now, although God speaks of heaven, he does not give us everything that will be there. Many believe that if Christians knew about the glory in heaven, that they would not want to spend any more time here. They'd like to leave here and spend eternity in heaven right away. Heaven is a place filled with joy and love with the presence of God the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. Now today, we are alive on God's creation, what we call earth. We must be at peace, live with joy, and love others. During our time on earth, we are blessed by God with thousands of His promises. Matter of fact, I believe in a prior podcast I mentioned there are nearly 8,000 promises that God has for His followers. Now let me directly answer questions that I stated at the beginning of this podcast to give you some ideas. So we're going to go into that one by one and attempt to answer the questions that are the most common ones that are asked by people about heaven. Question number one, what does it take to spend eternity in heaven? That might be a question like, well, what can I do or what should I say or how can I go about it? Well, first of all, let's just see what Jesus had to say in John chapter 11, verses 25 and 26. Jesus said these words, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even if they die, they will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me 
will never die. So here we see the basic question is, we've got to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. You hear a lot of people on TV or maybe in movies or even just conversations with family members that talk about heaven like it's just something that's promised and guaranteed for them. And it is guaranteed and promised for us if we commit our life to Jesus Christ. But we need to take that moment, a time in our life when we repent of our sins, we ask for forgiveness of those sins, we ask God to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness and receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and promise to serve him all the days of our life. When we do that with a sincere heart, a true sincere heart, then we become children of God and we receive the promise of heaven and we will spend eternity there with Jesus Christ. Here's question number two. How are we guaranteed heaven? Well, let's turn in the book of John once again to chapter 14 and I think the first three verses in chapter 14, verses 1, 2, and 3 in the New Living Translation. Let me read that to you and we're addressing now how are we guaranteed heaven? Jesus is speaking. Now don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my Father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. Verse 4 says, And you know the way to where I am going. So now here we see Jesus once again telling them and promising them heaven. Now we know that Jesus was not a sinner. He never told a lie. So therefore he's even saying, if it wasn't this way, I would have told you so. So believe me, after all, I've always spoken the truth to you and always will. As a matter of fact, if you're looking for any kind of truth in life, let me just tell anyone that you're out there searching for truth, the only truth you'll ever find that's absolute is Jesus Christ, God the Father, and the Holy Spirit. You see, without them, there is no truth available because man is not a person born into truth. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But Jesus said that he's preparing heaven for us and that's going to be an amazing, unbelievable place for us. It kind of reminds me of that song that's so popular, I Can Only Imagine. That is one of the most amazing songs when you listen to it, especially at a a funeral. When you hear it saying there, there are many people who will then wonder and evaluate, are they ready for heaven? Have they made that commitment to Christ? Have they asked for forgiveness of their sins? And so we can only imagine you know, what it's going to be like in heaven. But Jesus is telling us it's going to be pretty amazing and he's preparing the place for us. So he's getting ready. We need to be ready. And I pray that everyone out there is ready to know that if your heart stopped beating today, that you're prepared and ready to spend eternity with heaven. Okay, let's move on to question number three. And here it is. How can we talk about heaven to Christians and non-believers? Now, it's interesting. That's an interesting question because a lot of people don't know how to talk to non-believers about heaven. I like personally to ask anyone in a funeral that I go to in attendance if they're certain that they will go to heaven. If you're at a funeral and I'm the speaking pastor and I'm giving the service, I want to ask the question, do you know for sure that you're going to spend eternity with heaven? If the one who passed away was a Christian and they were bound for heaven, we talk about what they're experiencing and what heaven is like for them. But I like to ask anyone in attendance of those services, are they absolutely positive for sure and they know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they're bound for heaven when they die? Now, what better place to ask them that question than at a funeral service or what a lot of people call a celebration of life service? And in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, God talks about what he prepared for us and that he prepared heaven. So let's let's look at that real quickly. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 in the New Living Translation. It says here, in the beginning God created the what? The heavens and the earth. This is verse 2. The, the earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Here we see the beginning of time as far as man is concerned. 
when God created the heavens and the earth. And when he created a heaven, he did it right. We know that because God does everything right. All we have to do is look up at the sky at night and look at the stars and see how incredible God's creation is throughout this entire universe. So with that, I just think that we need to realize that God created it. He's Jesus is preparing it ready for us and we want to be there. So make sure that we're right and ready for heaven. Now, when I first became a Christian, I would hear people say things like, all that guy does is talk about heaven. All they talk about is spending eternity in heaven. They're so heavy heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. Well, you know, I find that a ridiculously dumb statement. And the reason I say it that way is because what a silly thing to say. What's wrong with talking about heaven? What's wrong with talking about the promises of heaven and let other people know that heaven is real and that heaven is a place that all of us want to go someday. And heaven is a place where many people will never spend any time at because they've rejected the love of Jesus Christ. So if you hear someone say they talk about heaven so much, they're not not very earthly good. Well, I think you ought to just maybe correct them or just move on without making a comment. All right, let's move on to question number four. Why do some believe that heaven and hell do not exist? Well, that's pretty interesting because that's pretty much a new age concept that people have. They talk about the fact they think, well, it's just not real. It's just something that people are trying to make up stories and give you promises that are not real. But when people make that statement that they don't believe there's heaven and hell, I just don't believe that they really deep inside believe that. Because why would they even want to discuss it? That means they've thought about it. They've heard things said about them and that is in their mind that there could be possibly a heaven and a hell. It's kind of a convenient way to avoid the discussion of eternity. You say, well, I just don't believe in any of that. When you die, you just die and you go nowhere. We know that's not true. The Bible tells us that that's not true, that when we die as followers of Jesus Christ, we will spend eternity in heaven. People who basically say there's no such thing or heaven or hell, I think they really don't want to discuss it. They don't want to talk about it. When the topic comes up, they just soon not go into that because they really don't understand what it's all about so they choose to ignore the topic. But deep inside, I believe it's still there. And I believe the Holy Spirit's ready to convince them and convict them of their need to turn their life over to Christ so that they can receive the promise of heaven. Now, the Apostle Paul had a great way of describing heaven and hell. He talked about it often and frequently in various writings. And in the book of Philippians, in chapter number three, he makes a number of comments about heaven and what we're heading for. Paul is talking about here in Philippians chapter three, in verse number 14, he talks about what his plan is and what his goal in his life. And he says in verse 14, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. So here he makes the statement that he's working towards eternity to spend eternity in heaven. Now, in verse number 18 in Philippians chapter 3, New Living Translation, Paul goes a little farther on. I'm going to read a little bit more here because this is crucial to understand a definition, explanation about heaven and what we're, we're working for here on earth. In verse number 18, Paul says this, For I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. Verse 20, but we are citizens of heaven. You know, that's what all of us are citizens of heaven. You might about think about that for a second. You might look at your driver's license and it might say the name of your city and state. But in reality, as followers of Jesus Christ, we are citizens of heaven. And he says, where the Lord Jesus Christ lives and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. Verse 21, he will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. So here Paul is saying, believe in heaven. It's real. Live this life 
life following Christ because we're not really citizens of the earth's earth anymore when we become followers of Jesus Christ. We become citizens of heaven. Okay, let's move on to question number five. What is the best scripture we can look at in order to explain to others the promise of heaven? And see, what that question is saying is, what do I tell them is up there? So there's a great scripture I'll read in just a moment. But see, heaven is the promise of comfort and protection from God. He's never going to leave us or forsake us. He's always going to be there and helping us and being with us. And we'll spend eternity with him. And really, heaven is the ultimate goal for any Christian. Now, let me read to you a classic scripture that's used at at various services. It's very well known. It's found in the book of Psalms. It's Psalm number 23. And it's just powerful. It was a psalm written by King David, starting at verse number one in the New Living Translation. That's Psalm 23, verse one. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close behind me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. See, David's explaining how God's going to take care of us while we're here on earth. Now, here we go in verse 5. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Verse 6. Surely, your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And then here he wraps it up with this, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. You see, heaven is one thing, but we've got to live here on earth. And if we're not a Christian, if we've not given our life to Jesus Christ, or if we are a Christian and we're not following him fully like we should and totally committed to him, we're missing out on the blessings of God and we're missing out on the promises of God. This entire podcast is designed to help people understand the promises of God. And we've talked about a number of them, and there's still several that I want to talk about before we would change to any other topic at this time. But here, King David is talking about how God's going to be with us and help us and protect us as we're living here on earth. And at the end, though, he wraps all those statements up with this one statement. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. So David is pointing us to heaven because that's God's plan for each and every one of us. That is his great promise for the followers of Jesus Christ. Here's question number six. Why do so many pastors avoid speaking about hell? Now, I talked about earlier how Christians sometimes struggle with talking about heaven and hell, but this time, just to be a little more direct, why do certain pastors, now, I don't know how many there are that do this, but it's very seldom talked about in a lot of churches today. And I believe the reasons that many pastors, remember, I was one for 20 years, and sometimes you talk about certain subjects, you don't want to hurt people or offend them, but you obviously got to bring the entire word of God, the full word of God, and not hold back on any area of it. So I never had a problem talking about heaven and hell. But I believe that some pastors, bless their hearts, struggle with having that question asked to them because it could be that in their thoughts they say, well, our, our, is a God, our God, we serve a God of love and that he would not allow hell to exist. There are certain denominations who just don't believe in hell. And many pastors struggle with the idea that they don't want some of their attenders to, to be scared away from the fear of going to hell. So it's important that pastors need to speak pure word of God, speak about heaven and speak about hell. Because if we don't, we're robbing our members of our congregations the benefit of learning about heaven and the punishment of hell, and that we can live a life that will guarantee us eternity with Jesus Christ in heaven. You know, one way for me to kind of give you an exact expression of how some people have a problem with heaven and some don't, and some have a problem with hell and others don't, is to give you a story of something that came that happened to me in my life. It was a very powerful moment, and it was when I was a pastor 
pastor and I was doing a funeral service or a celebration of life service and I was ministering to people at this particular service and they wanted me to talk about a lady that I didn't know much about. I only got to know about her in the last few days of her life and so I gave a message and I like to talk about heaven at funerals. <laughs> There's no reason that we shouldn't but let me just give you an experience of one particular service that I had with those who came to the service of a lady who spent the majority of her life not following the Lord Jesus Christ. My experiences in doing funeral services or celebration of life services with those who attend these services are really quite varied. They're one side extremely strong and very good and other times they're very difficult. Well, this particular one started out pretty difficult. Most who attend funerals are believers in Jesus Christ, but there are those who don't attend church and have never attended church or service in many, many years. And then all of a sudden they're at a church service because they're attending a funeral for a friend or a loved one. Because of this, I always tell the members of the deceased person, the family members or the friends, that I want to give everyone an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Now, in every service, there are individuals who pray with me and receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. I recall a funeral for an elderly lady, the one I was starting to talk about earlier, and I've kind of digressed a little bit, so forgive me. But in every service, there's people that need Jesus. And I recall this funeral, this elderly lady who spent most of her life you know, denying Jesus and had turned her back on him. But in the last few years of her life, she was touched by the Holy Spirit and she asked the Lord Jesus to forgive her of her sins and she received him as her Lord and Savior. Now, most of her friends had no idea that had, that had taken place in her life. And her friends were all people who were not serving God. They were not Christians. Matter of fact, they were very anti-church and so was she for many, many years, but her life had changed. Now, most of her friends who attended that service didn't know that she had committed her life to Jesus. When they came into the service, they did not like me right off the bat because I was a Christian pastor and they did not care for Christians. And it was difficult. I remember standing at the door and greeting people and saying, hi, and thank you for coming. And they'd look at me and of course I had the suit on and I had the tie on and, and I had my Bible under my arm. And so they basically said, well, this guy, he's the enemy, so we probably shouldn't be nice to him. And so they they were pretty rough with me at, at the beginning. But during the service, I read out of the deceased lady's Bible, the scriptures that she underlined and that she made comments in her handwriting about how much she loved Jesus. As I read some of her comments about how she wished she had accepted Christ sooner and she wished she could tell her friends about Jesus, and this was her handwriting. And I told him, this is her Bible, this is her handwriting, and the family gave this to me so that I could express to you how she felt about becoming a follower of Jesus Christ. Well, the Holy Spirit filled that room, absolutely filled that service room. And I could see the angry faces changed to smiles and amazement and looks of like, you're kidding. And they would lean towards each other and make comments. I know they were talking about, I didn't know she felt that way and that type of thing. And at the end of the service, where when I read that she wanted to be sure that all of her friends knew Jesus as their Lord and Savior, I invited those people in attendance to pray with me and accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Now, what a radical change that had taken place. All of a sudden, they saw this woman that they loved dearly for many, many years. I mean, decades and decades, they knew this woman. And they were hardly opposed to Christianity and to Jesus. But when she had a change in life, it affected them greatly because she had influence over them. And so some people say, well, you know, we don't have influence over people as 
Christians. Yes, we do. We have a great influence over people based on our faith. Well, here was a woman who had passed away. She'd gone into eternity, and what she wrote was still the influence that could be used to impact those that she knew and loved so very much. When I gave the altar call and said, if you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, just repeat these words. And I said, just ask God to forgive you and say, I'm sorry for the sins I've committed. I repent of these sins, and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that he was crucified, dead and buried. He rose again from the dead and he sits at the right hand of the Father. And I believe that and I receive that and I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I was very direct, very strong and bold, but kind and loving, but nonetheless very bold because that's what this woman wanted. And when I did that, all of a sudden I said, if you made that, prayed that prayer, and if you gave your life to Jesus Christ, I'd like you to make a public profession of your faith. That means just let every people around you know that you're now a follower of Jesus Christ. And when I said that, I said, raise your hand right now. And there had to be more than 60, 65 people in there that lifted their hand, sobbing, and just their eyes filled with tears as they had surrendered life to Jesus Christ. So what an amazing ending to a life for a woman who at the end of her life found Christ and then wrote about it and used it in her Bible. And everything changed. After the service, these people were kind. They were loving on me. They were hugging me. They were shaking my hand, my wife's hand. They were so kind. And they said, we had no idea she felt that way. And and so I told them they need to find a good church. We'd love to come to our but they don't come to ours, find up a good church in their community that preaches the full word of God and they'll be blessed and they'll grow in their relationship with Christ. It was just truly remarkable. And I thank God for that experience. As a matter of fact, I would encourage you, if you ever go to a funeral service, ask the pastor if he would give people a chance to give their life to Christ before the service is over. Matter of fact, today, this morning, I was at a funeral service where they were predominantly all believers. A lady had passed away and when the pastor got up and spoke, he talked about wanting to be sure that everyone one there knew Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, because the lady that he was doing the service for was a believer, followed Jesus Christ, and the testimonies about her life was absolutely wonderful, but he wanted to make sure that everyone there had an opportunity to receive Jesus. So I would encourage you to do that. Mention it to your pastor or whoever would be heading that service. It may seem a little bold for some, but I truly believe that's a responsibility that we have to reach people for Jesus. Before I close this podcast today, I'd like to give you another little story about heaven, one that is personal in my own life. A number of years ago, I was diagnosed with something called multiple myeloma bone marrow cancer. And I went to the doctor and for him to tell me the results of my testing. And when he looked at me and he said, I just need to tell you something. And he says, it's not good. He said, but you have multiple myeloma bone marrow cancer, most likely caused by your exposure to, to Agent Orange when you served in Vietnam. And he said, so, and, and there's no cure for this. And you have it really, really bad. And he says, and if we can't get this thing to turn around quickly, you may only have six months to live. Well, instantly when he said that, the Holy Spirit just popped into my mind this thought. And I quickly raised my head, looked at him, and I said, so doctor, let me get this straight. You're trying to scare me with heaven. That's why I brought this up, because it included heaven. And he looked at me, he said, wow, you must really believe that. He said, I've never heard that statement from people before so quickly. And I said, well, I'm here to show you that heaven's real. And I'm going to show you, and you watch him when the, before this thing is over, I'm going to be healed. And you're going to believe and understand what heaven's all about. And you'll know why I feel like I do. Well, instead of me being dead in six months, I was completely cured in six months and had full remission. And the doctor looked at me and he said, there's really no explanation to how quickly this thing turned around and how fast you were healed. And he and he took his chart and he wrote the word miracle across the chart. The man who first did not believe, but because he 
saw the miracle of God working, an expression about heaven altogether, he then changed his mind and became a believer in miracles. So it can happen in our lives, and I just thank God that he turned what the devil intended for bad in my life to be something good, that people would come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Well, I hope that this has been an interesting podcast to you. I've really enjoyed this one. I mean, I enjoy all of them, but there's nothing like talking about heaven. There's nothing like talking about the promise of heaven and the glory that Jesus is preparing for us. He's preparing a place for us, and I believe that those of you who know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you certainly agree with me right now. I'd like to pray for you and that you'd have the strength to be able to witness to other people about heaven. So let me do that before I close this particular podcast. Heavenly Father, bless those who are listening in today and help them, Lord, to receive an anointing from the Holy Spirit to talk about heaven to people maybe who are believers and those who are not believers. And let them understand that heaven is a place that's real, been promised by Jesus, promised by God the Father, and the Holy Spirit is there to lead them and help them to receive Jesus and receive the promise of heaven. I pray you would bless them and help them, Father, to be at peace about whatever they're going through in their life. And like the Apostle Paul, when he was going through all of his challenges and all the difficult things that he had, he had to stop and say, the most important thing we can do in life, I press on toward the goal of basically spend eternity in heaven with Jesus Christ. And so I father that, pray, Father, that they would understand that and receive that, and that would be their goal, is to realize that their life here on earth is one thing, and we want to share our faith with other people. But the promise of heaven is real and is available to all of us. And I thank God for that. I pray you'd bless them now and keep them, and may your you just bless them in all that they do, Lord, and give them the strength to share their faith with others. For ask these things in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Once again, I hope that you enjoyed this. It was really a pleasure to bring it to you. If you'd like to know more about Quality Christian Living, that's the name of the podcast that we have. It's designed to help people, Christians, understand the total lifestyle that God wants us to have, and that's a life of joy and peace and happiness and abundant living. You know, in John 10.10, when Jesus was speaking, he said, the devil comes to kill, to steal, and destroy, but I come to give life and give it more abundantly. Well, that's what Quality Christian Living is all about, living life more abundantly. And so we've got a number of topics that we've done. This is the 238th podcast in our series, a little over two years, and we've had probably 20 different topics or more, but we've covered areas dealing with faith and areas with, even in finances, areas dealing with what generosity is all about. Uh, we've talked about the areas of receiving the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit in our life. We did a series on, on miracles. We did a series on, on businesses to help them because of my business background. So there's a lot of topics there available to you. So you might want to go to my webpage at davidcfriendauthor.com. And when you get there and pull up my webpage, you'll find a link on the very front of it that says podcast. And if you click that, it'll open up all of those opportunities for them, the 238, as of this speaking, 238th podcast with various topics that are available to you. So I hope that you'd like to listen to them. If you've missed some of the other teaching on the promises of God, they're all there. They're all available. And people, quite frankly, around the world are downloading those and receiving those. And I believe they're being blessed. I'm hearing some wonderful comments about that. And I thank God for that. And if you'd like to to know more about what Quality Christians is all about, when you get to my webpage, you just scroll down a little bit. You'll see that I've written a number of books dealing with topics such as generosity, what's in it for us, another topic entitled Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living, another one entitled Receive Everything from What We Call Nothing. It's a book on faith. 
and one that I think will be a blessing. And there's a couple other books there dealing with veteran issues and trying to help our veterans. So and I hope that'll be a blessing to you. If you'd like someday to subscribe to my podcast, you can do that by going to cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. So that's how you can find out more about Quality Christian Living and what we're doing here. And I hope that you'll do that and look those up. Our next podcast is entitled God Promises to Answer Our Prayers. Now, I think that's one that a lot of people will be interested because I hear from so many people, I'm praying and I'm praying and I don't know if God's listening or I don't know if he's answering my prayers or what his answer might be. And I'm not sure I know how to deal with it from here. That question is so common with me in the years that I pastored and the years that I've worked with a lot of Christian people and business men and women. And I believe people have that question. Why don't I get the answer as fast as I'd like? Or does God really won't care about my prayers and those types of things? Well, we're going to cover that in the next podcast. I'm excited about it. And I believe it's going to be something that will answer a lot of questions for people and it'll be a blessing to you. So I hope that you'll uh, tune in for those and, and pull up the podcast to get the next podcast where we deal about the promises of God answering our prayers. So once again, thank you for listening in and thank you for being a part of Quality Christian Living. This was podcast number 238 entitled Understanding the Promise of Heaven. Once again, I hope this has been a blessing to you. So let me close this out with something I say at the end of every podcast. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. So until next time, may God richly bless you. May he pour out his promises upon you. And may you draw closer to him than he promises that he'll be drawn closer to you. Thank you once again for listening in. This is Quality Christian Living, and I am your host, David Friend.